You are listening to an Awkward Human podcast. For more information on this podcast or all of our shows, visit awkwardhuman.com slash shows. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to Interview with a Comic Book Nerd. This is Richard Cardenas. That's me. Hi, everyone. All right, so... How's everyone doing? Let's get that out of the way. Um, I'm doing okay. Let's see. Did anything exciting happen to me personally this week? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I guess I could tell you guys about Blue Apron. I mean, they're not a sponsor, but I use them because uh, I don't want to go out shopping for my ingredients. <laughs> um, but uh, I do like to cook, so <laughs> that's been nice. Uh, I guess I could use Amazon fresh now prime whatever it's called but no i use that because they also supply you know what this isn't an ad for them i'm gonna stop talking about it let's get on to what the show actually is which is comic books hey um all right so this week um i am gonna talk about weapon x but before we get to that i did want to quickly mention um the passing the sad passing of george a romero um he is basically credited for creating zombies as we know them today uh, last year I had watched Night of the Living Dead for the very first time and I really, really liked it. Um, I wasn't into it too much the entire way through, but then the ending completely changed my mind and I loved it. Like after watching that ending, I loved it. And I don't think that it was a bad thing that it happened that way. Like there are some movies where it's like, was the ending worth the entire thing? And sometimes it's like, it was a great ending, but I didn't want to sit through that. But like, this was a great ending and it made me appreciate everything that I sat through to get to it. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry. Uh, if you love zombies, he's probably he's probably the reason that you do. Um, he was 77, so, you know, he lived a good long life. Uh, and he's done, he's done, you know, Night of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead and all that stuff. So... Uh, yeah, sad for the, the horror genre world and anyone who loves zombies. So, you know, I just wanted to quickly mention that before I got into the recap, but now let's actually get into the recap. All right. So like I said, this week, I am talking about Weapon X. This is number five, and this is part of the mutants of, uh, sorry, the weapons of mutant destruction run that's happening right now. It's like an event. It's, uh, Let's just catch you up. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Amadeus Cho has joined the team. He's basically there to help shut down the Weapon X program because they've stolen his DNA as well as the mutants that are part of this comic book, which quickly is uh, Warpath, Domino, Lady Deathstrike, Logan, Old Man Logan, and Sabretooth. Um, basically, they're using their DNA to create these, like, adamantium android creature things uh we basically discover that the facility is run by reverend william Stryker, who apparently was dead at one point but then who hasn't been he's back so uh basically they're recruiting people to like fight quote unquote fight uh, mutants but what they're actually doing is they're taking their bodies and making them into these adamantium things and Amadeus and Lady Deathstrike, they found someone who is basically next on the list to be taken over, but he gets away. He doesn't believe them because he's like, you're mutants. I hate you. Like, of course, I'm going to go with this facility and help them take you guys down. He doesn't realize what they're going to be doing to him. Um, also, they discover that there's this like special chemical that the facility was using. Uh, 
it 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 basically hasn't been on the market for a long time because the company that that uh produced it like shut down for whatever reason uh but they find the place that was distributing it and they found out that basically the shipping documents were messed with there was like a whole ton of this chemical that not an actual ton like a lot of, of there's probably many tons but there was a lot of the chemical that they kind of wrote off the books and there's no information about where this chemical went and so they deduce that you know this weapon x facility is the ones they, they're the ones who took the the chemicals so that's kind of where we're at right now um so let's get into the creative team so we've got the writer is Greg Pack, and he is writing the Totally Awesome Hulk right now as well. Um, the art is Mark Borstel, colors by Frank Darmada, and letters by VCs Joe Car- Caramagna. I think that's how you pronounce that. Uh, yeah, so that's our creative team. All right, so basically, this issue opens up with a woman named Jennifer. She's at home, and she's got her daughter, and they discover that there is a rat in a rap chat down in their basement i guess and uh jennifer she's a scientist and she is freaking out and her husband comes in and he like takes the rat he calm calms her down and everything and she's like all right i'm calm i'm good i'm gonna head to work we learn that she is a scientist that works at the weapon x facility um her co-worker says that she's been doing a great job and that her last batch was like a success or something we don't know really what that means but he says, we got to run some scenarios. Um, next panel, we see that there is a person being attacked by a swarm of rats that were basically engineered in this facility. They are like little adamantium rat things. And it turns out Jennifer is the one who basically created these things. That's the batch that he was talking about, her co- her coworker. Um, so Jennifer, you know, her freak out in the beginning is because she has to work with these killing killing rat rat killing machine things and she thought one of them showed up in her home um so yeah she has a right to be freaked out uh later we cut to amadeus and he's giving all the mutants basically assignments to figure out how to get into this facility find out where it is he sends Sabretooth and logan to meet with the guy who take who um who took care of all the shipping logs um he's basically sending them out to find out the truth about where these chemicals went um he sends Domino and Warpath to this church. Uh, I think this is Reverend Stryker's church, and he wants to find out, like, let's find a list, if we can, of all the people who are following Reverend Stryker and uh, being recruited by him, like any of them that are missing or anything. Like, we need to find out, basically, if we can pinpoint where this facility is at, if we can find out this list of people. Um, so, basically... Logan and Sabretooth, they meet with the guy and he spills all the beans because he's like, he doesn't really know who they are. <laughs> um, they kind of like pretend to be IRS or something like that. Um, but he just spills all the information right away. And back at the Weapon X facility, we find out that the guy, this uh, shipping records guy, is he's got surveillance on him. And Jennifer the scientist that we're talking about, she apparently designed this protocol that kills people that they're surveilling, that they've got surveillance on. And um, they go up to her and they're like, hey, we need your password. And she reluctantly flips the switch to kill him. And you could tell that she's like not really wanting to do this, but she's told that since this guy was 
compromised, they basically have to do the same thing to about 24 more people. Uh, and she gives them the authority to like kill without her password because she doesn't want to be a part of it. I mean, she doesn't say that, but you can tell like the way that she's drawn her facial expressions and everything. Uh, so she's like, no, I can't be the one who's killing, which basically she is because she did design the protocol and she is giving them the, the, the authority to do it. So it's like, mm, you're helping. Um, anyway, Warpath and Domino at the same time, they're retrieving this list that Amadeus wanted uh, they fight some cyborg dog things um, and some people cyborg things <laughs> and Domino's in love with it. Uh, she loves murdering. Um, Amadeus, he basically takes this list and he's able to pinpoint that somewhere in Texas is where they need to go. That's where the facility is at. He has, I guess, a precise idea of where it's supposed to be. But anyway, they're going to head to Texas. Meanwhile, we see Jennifer again. It's the next day and she's saying goodbye to her family as she heads back into work. Her husband, he kind of senses that something's up with her and he's like, you know what? You've been super stressed out. Let's take a vacation. And she's like, yes, please. Let's let's do that. So she goes into the office and her coworker asks how she's doing because he can sense also that, you know, something's up. And she's, you know, she reassures him. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Um, he says that people are noticing her work and that they want more of it. And he's like, hey, they called you down. They want you to go to Vat H. I don't know what that H is. We're about to find out. And he congratulates her and he's like, bye. Um, she heads down and we see one of the head scientists. And this head scientist is the one who's basically turning people into cyborg thingies. Uh, in one of the previous issues of this event, we see that they are basically experimenting with the Hulk DNA or gene or whatever. The Hulk blood. I don't know what they got. But they're they're, they're experimenting with the, with the Hulk DNA. Um... And they're trying to make this cyborg thing very, very angry. And they put like adamantium bones on it and everything. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually turns into mush because the bones don't grow. Only it's like organs and stuff grow. So there's nothing to support it when it gets to a certain size. And so it just turns into mush. Um, and so they're trying to figure that whole thing out. But anyway, Jennifer... She she heads down there. She sees them and she's like, hey, you called me. And she gets the shock of her life. Literally, uh, the, the, the woman, the head scientist woman tasers Jennifer and basically tells the assistant, hey, prep a tank for her. So they're going to use her on this next trial to like see if this Hulk uh, adamantium cyborg thing will work. Uh, the issue ends with a side-by-side -side of that rat that we saw earlier, you know, trapped in the in the rat trap, and a close-up of Jennifer's face looking terrified, lying on the floor. And wow, what an awful metaphor for Jennifer. <laughs> like she's trapped there like an unsuspecting rat. And it's it's so sad. Uh so that was part three in the Weapons of Mutant Destruction event. There is a lot of humor in these books, uh, you know, as serious as it is. I didn't go into any of that at all, but uh, I will say that I love the dynamic between Amadeus and Lady Deathstrike. She's this like stern and deadly, you know, person, and he's more lighthearted and compassionate toward people. And so like seeing that dynamic together is really great. Also, the dynamic between Logan and Sabretooth is very brotherly. It's 
just it's kind of wonderful to see them interact in this way. So I say if you're a fan of the X-Men, definitely take a look at this book or at least the run. Um, the Weapon X book did start off kind of at a place where it leads up to this point. Um, this is only issue number five, so it hasn't been out for very long. Like the first three issues were dealing with getting the team together uh, and dealing with this facility that's basically trying to kidnap them and use their DNA to, to create these these mutant killing cyborg android things. But yeah, so that is that. Uh, there is another thing that I wanted to talk about, which is they announced the new doctor. Yay. Uh, I know a lot of people, well, maybe not a lot. Yes, a lot of people were <laughs> upset about that. But basically the reason they're upset is because the new doctor is going to be a woman played by Jodie Whittaker. And I personally think it's a great thing. I mean, I feel like it was naturally going in this direction, right? Um, they've, they've kind of set the, set the story to say that Time Lords can turn into either male or female. It doesn't really matter because they did have, you know, the, the master who was a male who turned into a female. But anyway, what I'm excited about is um, we can kind of explore a new, you know, a new story, a new storytelling method for them because they've never dealt with a woman being a Time Lord. Um, so it's it's new territory. And I stopped watching the show after Peter Capaldi's first season. I just felt like he was too angry for my liking. I heard it got better, but after this announcement, I'm definitely going to be catching up before the Christmas special, which is when I believe she will make her uh, her debut. Uh, and yeah, how do you guys feel about it, though? I have some friends who seem to be offended by this decision. Not sure if it's because it's Jodie Whittaker or because she's simply going to be female. Um, I'm guessing it's because she's going to be female. But those who are upset haven't really been elaborating. So, yeah. Tell me what you guys think. Does this upset you? And if so, why? I am actually curious to know. I'm not here to lecture you on why it shouldn't be uh, something that upsets you. I think that if you have good reason to be upset about it, then be upset. Uh, I think uh, probably 80 to 90% of the people who are upset right now are still going to continue watching the show because they love Doctor Who. And why would they stop watching just because the Time Lord turned into a woman? I don't know why that would be you know like it's just weird to me um i feel like as a society we're we're very accepting of a lot of stuff but once you start touching stuff that we love um it, it, you start changing it we get very protective of it uh it's interesting um but yeah tell me how you guys feel do you think it's a great thing do you think it's a it's a not so great thing are you nervous because it's a different direction are you nervous because she's a female now like Really, I do want to know. Um, let's let's open up a, a conversation on that one. Um, yeah, so anyway, let's go into the interview. So this week, I have Topher Harless, and he is here to talk about Green Lantern, specifically Hal Jordan, but again, not specifically Hal Jordan, because uh, we, we did spend a lot of time talking about just like the core and in general, like the whole Green Lantern core and all the colors that came came after just the Green Lantern and everything. Uh, we did talk a lot about just kind of like what it is to be a Green Lantern, I guess. Uh, just like the logistics of being a Lantern at all. Uh, but we kind of focused more around Hal Jordan and his story. So this is Topher Harless with Green Lantern. Enjoy. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
<laughs> an episode of How I Met Your Mother where he goes into that girl's place and is like, oh, of course we're meant to be together. You love this and this. And she's like, you just picked the only five things that were my roommate's things. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Um, no, I'm just really bad at compliments. Okay, anyway, you're on my show now. and <laughs> Oh, is this live now? Yeah, we're, oh, we're, we're, doing, we're doing it now. Oh, um, great. Am I welcome. allowed to cuss on this show? Yes. Okay, oh, good, my God, we are so I explicit. already dropped the F-bomb. <laughs> no, we are, like, we are explicit. Uh, okay. My audience knows that I love me a good F-word. Okay, um, but yet you didn't say the F-word. I, like I Yeah, I, I don't usually start it off that way, Ooh. but um, <laughs> I let it... I like to go hard. I let it, in the you know, slowly happen. Uh, naturally okay, um, okay. <laughs> so i ease into the curse <laughs> yeah so everyone we have uh harless uh, harless that's your last name we've had yes, sips of wine um <laughs> we've we have, already gotten crunk we have sips of wine tofer harless on he is from the um wine and comics podcast yes, which sir. is why we're having wine because last time megan who's also from the wine and comics podcast mm-hmm. was on i gave her wine so yeah, she did. I listened. <laughs> it was a good episode so you know keeping with some tradition making you guys feel at home Ooh. all right so we're going to be talking about green lantern specifically hal jordan yes sir. um and here's a little bit about what i know all i know is that it seems that he is the first green lantern that kind of um came about from like this cosmic thing because there was an original Green Lantern before him. Oh, oh, but oh, I get what then you're he got his powers because of an alien who came and died. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna have so much fun explaining this to you. And then because the uh, listeners think this is insanity. They're like, what is this character? Yeah, yeah. Uh and now he has the power to will things to happen with mm-hmm. his ring. <laughs> Everyone listening is like, well, I'm out. I don't know who this guy is. It's like trying to describe Gorilla Grodd to my wife, which is a monkey with telepathic powers. Mm-hmm. That, is, <laughs> that is understandable. Yeah. I totally get She's that like, one. I'm just not interested in watching that. <laughs> <laughs> but what can you tell me about Hell Jordan? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So uh, when you talk about cosmic, you mean the uh, intergalactic police force, which is the sure. Great Lantern Corps. Um, so Hal Jordan... Uh, he's not the first for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the first one that we probably read in comic books that is from that police force versus uh, Scott. I think his name's, I don't know much about the original Green Lantern. Scott Gardner, I think is his name. Mm. But um, it's a whole different ring and a whole different set of powers, none of which are pulled from the same place. From my understanding, okay, um, I may be totally wrong. Other people out there is like he's so wrong. <laughs> um, but uh, but. Hal Jordan is a uh, part of a very, very large uh, police force. Mm-hmm. And so they were created by um, uh, this group of people. It's this uh, power entity, if you will. Uh, they draw their strength from willpower. Mm-hmm. And so um, the the alien that died uh, was, his name was Avin Sir. Okay. And so what happened was, is there'd never been a human uh, Green Lantern before Hal Jordan. Mm. so in this universe uh an alien crash lands on earth and Avenger, when he dies he lets the the green lantern rings choose the next person who will mm. be a green lantern because there are sectors uh green lanterns uh how jordan is sector 2814 which god i can't believe i remember that off the top of my <laughs> head but that is sec the earth sector mm-hmm. and so the ring chose him uh it just flew on earth to how jordan who was a um, a pilot 
for Ferris Air. So, quick question. Okay. Did the ring choose him because it was on Earth or because he was the one for that sector? Uh, he, the ring chose the person. They are attracted to people with ultimate willpower. Mm -hmm. People to, um, in the beginning, it was uh, people have the ability to conquer fear. Okay. So that was the idea. And so he was an entity that had ultimate willpower. Mm -hmm. And so it, actually, I'd like to uh, compare Hal Jordan often to Batman because he's kind of the same but opposite of Batman. Hal Jordan is, Batman is an entity of sheer willpower. Like if you had to say what Batman's real superpower was, besides, of course, money, uh, <laughs> you would say that he he is willpower. Like he has the gumption, like he wants to be the best fighter in the world. He becomes the best fighter in the world. Mm -hmm. He wants to stop the Joker. He's going to find a way to stop the Joker. Hal Jordan's the exact same way, but instead of like not dealing with all his crap like Batman does and having a lot of issues, uh, he's the exact opposite. He's very outgoing. He's very brash. He's very cocky. He's very... Um, shines light on everything. Mm -hmm. And the two characters don't get along at oh, okay. because of that. Uh, because Bat he considers Batman to be awful because Batman uses fear mm. to uh, intimidate villains. And that is like the ultimate awfulness for a Green Lantern because a Green Lantern doesn't want that. A Green Lantern is trying to defeat fear. Mm -hmm. That's like their whole shtick. So, um, yeah, he's just kind of a more outgoing version of Batman, basically. All right. So, yeah. So okay. Did I answer your question anyway. I mean, I, I mean, yes. <laughs> I, I think I, I think lost it did. track about halfway. <laughs> no, I think I did. Um, because I, I guess I was just wondering. Mm -hmm. Um, so you say he's part of the sector. Like, how yeah. much of the of the universe or galaxy mm -hmm. does that cover? Like, how many sectors there are, are there? That thousands and thousands and thousands okay. of sectors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one for each center of the universe, as the Guardians know it. Mm, okay. So, um. Oa is the big planet that is the Green Lantern core planet. Oa is actually a living Green Lantern itself. The planet is a being. God, this man, people <laughs> listening to this think I'm nuts. I swear, it's super cool in the comic book. Uh, it's not like it talks or anything. It's just kind of like... So it's not... Uh, kind of like Groot, but he doesn't talk. Kind of, sort of. Like Groot? Yeah, in a way. Okay. Like he's like... The, the planet does kind of make decisions and have feelings, but it's mm -hmm. more like a tree than it okay. is uh, like a person who talks. Uh -huh. But it is a Green Lantern itself. Okay. So that's where they all kind of live. The Guardians are, I don't know if you've read any of the comics, they're the little blue guys that you see in the comics. No, I don't think I've seen them yet. Yes, they are, um, they're, I can't remember how many there are off the top of my head, but there's like a little core of them, and they're the ones who harness the green energy so that the Green Lantern core could be created. They originally were trying to... Um, police the universe with uh, manhunters which are these robotic beings that mm -hmm. they didn't have any um they were kind of like if robots police the earth right now like there's not a lot of like they don't have any control on moral things they're mm -hmm. just like these are the things we do like there's no emotion there's no like grace mm -hmm. and so they went very awry like that situation was real bad and no relation to martian manhunter no completely okay <laughs> yes 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 these are uh, <laughs> uh, machines meant to actually hunt man okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little more logical than martian manhunter i think um but uh but yeah they they were originally the core the the policemen that the uh, the guardians used and then they decided against such things and they created the green lantern core and it kind of expands out from there. Um, 
we kind of talked about this in our Facebook chat or whatever. But uh, the green um, willpower, that, mm-hmm. uh, that color is actually part of a larger spectrum of colors. Right. So his biggest villain is Sinestro. Sinestro it was a Green Lantern. He was, in fact, the best Green Lantern, except for what the Guardians did not know is that he ruled with um, an iron fist. Like, he was just a terrible kind of dictator of planets. Like, mm-hmm. he was starting to slowly, like, amass power. People were afraid of him. He wasn't real bad cop in LA really (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) things were he was like what's that city that has the real bad cops the uh no I'm not gonna go there Uh, (laughs) don't make you spit out wine in the middle of this podcast um but uh but yeah he was his he took too much control he was like a ended up being a bad character green um how Jordan saw this when no one else did because he was very respected in the core and basically took him down so, quick question, because mm-hmm. the Green Lanterns are supposed to be weak against Yellow Lanterns, yes. and that's what Sinestro is, right? Mm. It's not that they're necessarily green, weak against Yellow Lanterns. In the original comics, they were weak against the color yellow. Yes, I do remember they reading some stuff. They didn't explain it super well in the original comics. It was just kind of like, a, that was their weakness. In fact, one time Batman fought him completely painted yellow. <laughs> of course he did. A dark <laughs> Him and Robin are like laughing and beating the crap out of Green Lantern. <laughs> can't fight back. Oh. <laughs> uh, but what you find out later is that uh, uh, Jeff Johns, who's one of my favorite comic writers, Megan violently hates him. Uh-huh. So whenever this comes up, she's like, Ugh. he's also like the creative director of DC Comics. Right okay. now. He's like the guy that shapes everything at DC. And Megan's like, I hate him. And I'm like, I want to work for him. He's like my favorite. <laughs> but um, he wrote... Um, this series and kind of explain the backstory behind the yellow impurity, which is there was a being called parallax Mm. and he is, which I can go kind of more into the color spectrum to kind of explain that, but he is the entity for yellow. He is the yellow color spectrum entity, which is, he is the ultimate being of fear. Okay. And so before Hal Jordan was ever remotely a green lantern, before most green lanterns were there, um, they defeated Parallax, and the way to trap him is they put him inside the big Green Lantern-like core mm-hmm. on the planet Oa. So they trapped him inside that, which in my personal opinion, huge mistake. Oh. <laughs> Why would you do that? Find any? There's a negative zone. Why wouldn't you just put him in there? <laughs> Anything else. But when that happened, that's why they had... Um, uh, a weakness against yellow because this yellow fear entity was trapped within the core and it was uh it made the core uh impure the greenland core that was like mm-hmm. it like ruined them gave them a weakness uh-huh. so once which actually is how it escaped is because it used the weakness of fear to get into Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan's actually the best and worst thing that ever happened to the greenland core. <laughs> he is the greenlander with the most willpower bar none. Mm-hmm. He is probably the most not no not probably definitely the most powerful green lantern he also became consumed by the entity parallax through his reign because it was trapped inside the core and killed everyone in the green lantern core at one point wow yeah there's a real it goes real awry there for a minute (laughs) things get get crappy fast wow okay how does he get taken down so basically there's this epic battle i don't want to ruin that comic for you it's very good but there's a real big battle where they they barely take him down and uh he ends up dying there's a whole way he gets back he gets um attached to have you heard of the specter 
No. The Spectre is a... He's the spirit of vengeance. He's like a biblical character in mm -hmm. the DC universe that um, he attaches himself to different people and his job is like the spirit of vengeance. He goes and people who do terrible things, he straight up kills them or oh. if they they steal, he would break their hands, giving them the inability to steal anymore. He's like the opposite. <laughs> like, you know how God has vengeance and grace? He ain't got no grace. He's just like that guy who like, craps all over people and so that's how how jordan comes back to life later because he becomes attached to the spirit of vengeance okay but uh but yeah so they barely take him down um and after he killed everyone in the core it was a uh, a real messed up series <laughs> <laughs> and people that was actually part of uh, at a time where people were kind of tired of the monotony of how jordan there'd been a lot of stories at that time about how jordan that they had just exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to go with a couple other Green Lantern characters, such as Kyle Rayner, who is the more artsy Green Lantern. He, when he does things with, because, you know, Green Lanterns can create objects with the green light, mm -hmm. with their willpower. Right. And he did more artistic things. <laughs> Megan loves this character. <laughs> uh, he did more artistic things. I like Kyle Rayner. He's not my favorite. And there's Guy Gardner, who's another Green Lantern. But they kind of focused on those characters a little more. Mm -hmm. um, and they were like, we'll be done with Hal Jordan. And then like the fans flipped out. And they were like, you got to bring him back. <laughs> Which is uh, why Green Lantern Rebirth came out. Um, so... You said earlier that kind of each sector has their own Green Lantern, mm -hmm. um, and it sounds like we've had multiple Green Lanterns yes. from Earth. Are there ever multiple Green Lanterns at the same time? On Earth? On Earth. Yes. Or even in the same sectors? Yes. And why? Um, it, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> I don't know if they ever go into extreme detail about that, because in the beginning it was just Hal. And then there was uh, Kyle Rayner and then Guy Gardner. So there was three at one point for okay. Earth. Um, I don't know how they decided that. I don't, there's not really a graphic novel that's like the politics of the Green Lantern <laughs> Corps, which I would honestly dorkily read. I would just enjoy. Like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's how they make that decision. And that would be great. But, um, but yeah, they've had three on Earth at, at a certain point. Okay. So, so it's just not something that they really care to explain. It's just like, really. it's, we're They're just going like, to be okay with this. Yeah. So, um, and it kind of, that number kind of rotates. I'm, I'm sure it's kind of similar to like why we have um, a certain number of state representatives in each state. In the United <laughs> States. Just like there's more people here. So we have more Green Lanterns. Okay. I, I don't know. You know what? Take that. That's the answer. There you go. <laughs> there That's you go, what we're everyone. gonna go with. The we same way it. they have state representatives. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk about state legislature. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing goes in a different, very boring way. Um, okay, so uh we have the Green Lanterns, they were oh. all destroyed by um Hal Jordan. Yep. How did they come back? How did how did that all happen? So that was kind of a, a slow burn. Um they're each Green Lantern um uh, color each color in the color spectrum not only has their own color but has their own entity and so there was um, a Green Lantern entity that kind of Kyle Rayner uh, survived all of this and he kind of became the the reigning Green Lantern and they were kind of slowly building up the back up the core like they still had the rings from all the deceased Green Lanterns. Okay, and when, so the power itself wasn't destroyed no. it was just the people wielding yes. it okay and so when each of 
whenever a Green Lantern dies, the ring automatically goes and searches for the next willing participant. Mm -hmm. And each of the lanterns for each of the cores has this same thing. So uh, Sinestro, who became the uh, leader of the Yellow Lantern Corps, which is the Sinestro Corps, the Fear Corps, uh, when each of his members would be deceased or when he was starting his own core, uh, the rings just went out by themselves into the universe and chose, you know, the most the people who can inflict the most fear. It was actually <laughs> it was actually really cool because one of them went to Batman. And so that was wow. the whole thing. Yeah. Um like what did what did he do with the ring? Did he just say no thank you. So it, it ended very quickly. Okay, there is an, an ep, uh, I almost said episode. I do that all the time. My <laughs> there was an issue where um, uh, Batman and Hal have to work together. And they have a moment where Hal says, you know, you can deal with your issues. You know, my dad died too. The ring helped me deal with that. And Batman was like, I don't need to deal with anything. <laughs> I use that as fuel. And uh, so Hal puts uh gets the ring to go on to batman and so he wears the green lantern ring for just a second and it shows his parents and there's like a moment where his parents are saying goodbye to him and it's like this really moving moment batman's like takes the ring he's like i'm not doing none of this like, get the f out of my face he flips out and so it was like this moment like this really emotional moment where hal's trying to help and batman's like f you dude um so when the yellow ring came goes on batman and for a moment batman's like a yellow lantern the ring starts beeping and says green lantern uh previous green lantern ring participant um like recognized going to next available host and shoots because uh they couldn't explain why a yellow uh ring wouldn't go to batman but they were like but we can't let him be a yellow that doesn't make sense for his character (laughs) (laughs) so they they got rid of it quickly okay well it was a cool moment yeah 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 they always whenever someone dies the ring finds the best next person Mm -hmm. so one of the questions okay we have different entities for the different lanterns. Right. Um, now, are they all supposed to be doing good with this ring? Or it's just kind of like, do with it what you will? Are you talking about like each of the different colors? Yeah, because I know that they have, you know, fear. We talked mm-hmm. about that one. And then they have the red one, which is like, what, rage, rage. or something. And those can't really do good, can they? No, <laughs> so- no actually, uh, about half of them are bad and half of them are good. Oh, okay. Rage lanterns are like the worst. Mm-hmm. They... When you put on a, the red ring comes to you, your heart go, like, gets taken from you and you are only filled with rage. <laughs> and these characters are dark and really messed up. And it's a very bloody comic. And a lot of people love red lanterns. <laughs> like there are people, I've seen so many people with red lantern tattoos. Like mm-hmm. it's like a thing. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you want that? Uh, there's orange, which is avarice. And there's mm-hmm. only one. Mm. orange lantern because he's jealousy and mm-hmm. there can only be one uh-huh. <laughs> and so he mainly stays to himself or tries to th- take things from other people uh-huh. <laughs> uh yellow is fear so they inf- they're, they're really negative they inflict fear on people they try to take over the universe led by sinestro and the parallax entity which never chooses sinestro and pisses him off real hard <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see uh there's green blue is uh hope mm-hmm. which uh not real effective in battle. They say all is well a lot. <laughs> <laughs> However, when they're near Green Lanterns, uh, hope and willpower go together really well. Mm. And so they become powerful when they're around Green Lanterns, which is kind of cool. Um, 
Indigo is the compassion tribe, mm. which is like they're very mysterious. It's like the one tribe that like shows up and like we care for people and then leave. <laughs> like, oh, <okay. laughs> like you don't see them much. There's not a lot of comics about the Indigo tribe, which uh-huh. I think is hilarious. They're very like also like um, I don't know a good way to say this. They they come up as very uh, like they came straight out of Africa or something. Like they're very like tribal. Mm. Um. And then the last one is uh, Violet, which is love, which is actually a negative group. Oh. These are people who are more scorned by love and oh, who are wow. trying to uh, in- inflict, uh, I don't know, force love upon people, mm. which is actually where uh, Carol Ferris, who is the daughter of the person who, uh, Hal Jordan's girlfriend mm-hmm. in the comics, her father owned Ferris Air, which is the same airline that Hal Jordan's dad died at. Mm. Also the same one that he worked at. And she ends up becoming Star Sapphire because she is rejected by Hal. And this whole thing happens, which is kind of a sexist way to do a character, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, And that's actually her character is one of those violet um, lanterns. Mm -hmm. She's one of the love lanterns. And so there's a whole series where she realizes that her powers aren't just hers, that she's part of a core. And it's actually a really negative thing because she doesn't want to be a part of the love uh, lanterns. Mm-hmm. It's more of a thing that takes you over mm-hmm. and like forces you to be like a crazy person. Like you're oh. like, I am burned by love. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> it's yeah, it's so weird. But but yeah, that's each of them have their own thing and most of them are negative. So you know. yeah, it sounds like it. Super um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, there was. OK, what was I just thinking? Um, so we have. Oh. Um, I know that there is a black and a white lantern yes. sort of thing. Do they play any big parts? Or because black is death, right? It is, and white is life. life. Correct. There's a whole series where you learn a lot about this. Like it, it all of the color spectrums get burnt through in these uh, these this series written by Jeff Johns, and at the end we hit uh, blackest night, and which is the black rings. And then after that, we hit the white rings, which it's fascinating how he pulled this all off. Uh, The black ones, what they ended up doing is the rings went into the graves of dead superheroes. Oh, God. And so they came out of the (laughs) graves wearing these rings possessed by death. And their goal was to bring death to the universe. Mm -hmm. And so everything they touched became death. Okay. It, it was cool. <laughs> and then uh, White Lantern's the exact opposite. Like it was a, um, a really cool moment where they had um, Boston Brand. Uh, was his name Boston Brand? He, um, I don't know much about that character, but he was in the series. He w- uh, he is a character that is basically he's a dead dude that possesses people and like fights crime. Like that's kind of a character I don't know much about at uh-huh. all. But he, um, he was possessed by the White Lantern. Okay. And so it had him jumping into different times and fixing things mm. and bringing life to different areas. And the it ended up being this really epic battle between white and black. And you, you would really enjoy it. That's, <laughs> that's uh, a series I definitely recommend because it builds up really well. And mm. everything is revealed in such a way that you're, like, you're excited to see what happens mm. next. There's all these like little intricacies of how the different colors work together and how... It all makes sense that they would end in life and death. 
Like at one point, Hal Jordan ends up with a blue hope ring and a green lean and it renders him completely inert and he just floats around in space. <laughs> like it's so funny to me, like the different ways that Jeff John uses these colors. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool story. Like, um, So we did touch on the fact that the, the lanterns themselves can die, but what happens to the rings? Can they be destroyed? Um, I think technically the rings can be destroyed. You don't hear about that a lot. Usually the rings don't get destroyed, but I think they could be. And is it because like... they're just drawing power from a big lantern? Uh-huh. They're more of a tool. They're more okay. of like your cell phone, and that's like a tower uh-huh. that it receives signal from. So it's not as important if they do get destroyed. Um, also, Green Lanterns have to have their lantern on them. So there's one giant lantern that they all draw their power from, but each of them carries around a lantern that they keep in an interdimensional pocket. <laughs> uh-huh. Boy, this is fun to explain. It, when I'm reading it, it feels so logical. When I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, God, this sounds dumb as hell. Uh, but yeah, they have like a, I'm, I'm holding up in a fake lantern. People yes, can't see what I I'm see doing. It. You see, you know what I'm doing. I love, I do that all the time. The podcast I'm making is like, no one knows what you're doing. Um, but they're holding up a lant. Uh, they have this green lantern like that. They literally have to put their ring to to recharge their ring, mm. and they have to do their oath, which is the brightest day and black. Each time day. they recharge their ring, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, but it takes quite a bit for the ring, and that's actually part of the comics. Is like you see the battles going on, and you see their rings slowly lose power, oh, and that's okay. kind of part of the character as well, which I find really. Interesting. It's the same thing in like Spider-Man where he's uh, in a battle, but he has to worry about running out of web fluid. Right. Like it gives like an additional set of weaknesses. Because honestly, if you are uh, someone who has ultimate willpower and you have this ring that's charged by willpower, like that's that would be a very hard person to beat. So it's like Kryptonite for Superman. The ring slowly loses power and Mm -hmm. you're going to be like, oh, F, I got to go recharge. (laughs) Excuse me, guys. I got to go recharge my cell phone and my lantern. Let me hide behind this rock while (laughs) you can see the battle. Y'all keep going. Recharge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so then do we... Okay, so you're saying that the rings kind of just are this like conduit for the power to be used. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we ever see anything else being used in that way? Like instead of a ring, maybe someone has like... A watch. I mean, that's just like that's a bad example, but I mean, like, is it always a ring that's there? Okay, yeah, that would be awesome if he had a green lantern lapel. Like that would be brightest. Oh, I would pee myself. That would be the greatest thing. Uh, That was just how it was designed. I don't know why they don't use other. Uh, like a green, a green bow tie or uh-huh. something like yeah, that. I would really be all fancy. about that. That would be great. Okay. Uh, one thing that I do know is okay. because I play the Injustice games, Yeah. Um, there is the Red Lantern guy, Atrocitus, mm-hmm. and he has a cat. Um, oh, that's the saddest story ever. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. it's okay. He has a cat. I've seen the memes. Or not the meme, sorry. There's been this like one article that's always floating around the internet about like the saddest stories, and then it's there's there. a photo of the cat laying down alone. Um, Did you read it? I didn't read it. No. <laughs> oh, it's this whole story about this cat who lived with this woman, and she like I can't remember all the details, but it's like this super sad story about her passing. And then she just gets rejected by people and becomes like this ugly cat that no one loves, and it's like out on the street. 
until it becomes this like really vindictive mad cat at the world. <laughs> and then when the red like ring comes to it, it becomes like this really like I don't know, Darth Vader evil <laughs> cat with a red I when I first saw it in the comic book, I saw the cat with the ring, I was like, get out. How small is that ring? Does it go around her little paw? What's happening? I was so against it. But the story was really well written and it made me tear up. Oh no. Yeah. So if you get a chance to read that, I don't remember all the details, but it was very sad. Okay, because yeah. that, that was one of the things that I thought was super odd was that yeah, the, the fact that this cat would get chosen or be yeah. chosen to hold it a was ring. A really pissy cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's like a, all the humans on earth are like, no, thank you. No, We're, I want this cat. I want the cat. I couldn't choose my neighbor who keeps beating my wall with the bread. The cat. <laughs> is that like do we get any other examples of like the ring choosing some animal over oh, yeah. like really yeah the green landing core there's like a what was it like a squirrel or something like, there's, like, there's, <laughs> what is happening? but like but like it's not an, unlike this time it's not an earth like animal that doesn't have okay. sentience this is like a planet of squirrels <laughs> that talk and stuff and like they're like you have to we have to have someone get uh, like take care of your sector. So go Green Lantern Squirrel or whatever it was. Oh wow! But it, like you see, like in a lot of the comics, they have the tapestry and it's got all the different Green Lanterns. They mm -hmm. all meet for a big meeting, mm -hmm. and you're like skimming through, it, like what the f is that? Is that a squirrel? Like what is that there? It's always funny the different things they draw in the universe. <laughs> it could be anything you don't know. You know? I guess so. Next yeah. time it'll be a cockroach from Earth. <laughs> cockroach. Oh god. Green Lantern Roach. Yeah. Save the day. Uh, uh, no, I was thinking more of a blue land or a cockroach of hope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me spit wine. Oh my god! I just feel I like I would die. <laughs> I would die a cockroach with superpowers. Like, and, and like the ring can't really hope. change size, so it's just like around its body. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. Cockroaches survive anything, so if you think about it. <laughs> They're kind of the most hopeful characters because they have yes, reason to hope. Exactly. They're going to make it. They can survive <laughs> nuclear war. Oh, that's my worst to hell. You're going to get saved by this roach. You know what? Let me die. I'm all die. <laughs> like, this is cool. Oh, God. Um, okay. So um, currently DC's got their whole rebirth thing. Are you reading any right. of that? Uh, some of them. Or any of the Green Lantern stuff? I haven't read Green Lantern. Although I, I probably read... This is gonna sound crazy because my favorite characters by far are spider-man and batman mm -hmm. and i read those all through that's all i exclusively read through high school but once i got to college i had a friend who was like i love green lantern i was like eh, dumb like what <laughs> and he was like no read them and i got obsessed and i probably read more green lantern graphic novels than i've read any other graphic novel which sounds insane but like i don't know i got really into green lantern but i ha haven't bought any in the last couple of years okay mainly because my podcast requires me to read something new every single week mm -hmm. so i'm usually reading whatever our viewers ask me to okay. so i've definitely uh widened the area of comic books that i've read in the last two years so, okay that's fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay so other than this uh blackest night story that you were talking about mm -hmm. what other uh story is like one of your favorites of of uh hal jordan oh <sighs> Um, there's a couple that make me laugh. There is uh, a series back in the, I want to say late 80s, early 90s, where 
Hal Jordan and uh, Oliver Queen go on a road trip and travel across the country together. That okay. one's a fun like one. Like just in a car? Just, <laughs> just in a car okay. traveling across the country. It's, it's not very good, but it makes me laugh. Um, I really like that. Um, I, I find a lot of the the Green Lantern ones that I really love are part of larger story mm-hmm. arcs. Um, because, uh, I don't know, I just feel like he's a very collaborative character, unlike Batman, who's like not into groups as much so when he's working with a group you're like like you have to really explain why he's there how jordan's not that kind of character he works well with lots of people all these cocky as f <laughs> um there's uh, a lot of stories he works well with so i don't know i think yeah probably the the 80s one where they travel across and really talk about politics that's a uh, probably a good one to give a if you like old school comics mm-hmm. like like there's a certain point when comics became more about like the story and less about random talking and sexist sexism. <laughs> sexism um, was very strong. Very and alive. strong <laughs> sexism. Uh, if you like those kind of old comics, it's really fun. <laughs> if you like sexism. If you love sexism, have I got a comic for you? Uh, be one that I would probably check out. <laughs> um, so Hal Jordan seems kind of like. Just my impression of him, he's kind of more of a lighthearted character. Would you yes. say that? Okay. For sure. Um, what is kind of like what brings him down? I know that he eventually turns into par- or gets con- consumed by parallax. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that? Like, is there any kind of reason, like anything that's going on in his life that kind of opens him up to that? Absolutely. His father died in a plane crash when he was a child, and he he dealt with it, but he didn't really de- deal with it. He's one of those people that's like, I don't fear anything. And for the longest time, there was kind of like a, you have to overcome fear in those comics. And and it turned into, okay, you know, it's not about overcoming fear. It's addressing the things you're afraid of and still doing what you have to do in spite Mm. of that. And it's kind of like this kind of really like cutesy, emotional, like learn how to deal with things. And so because of all the things he didn't deal with in his childhood, because of deep down fears that he's never actually addressed. Um, and because he was the Green Lantern with the most willpower, uh, the parallax entity that was trapped inside of the Green Lantern Corps was able to come into him. And he became, there's a, a couple times that he's had to come back as parallax. And that is one of the most powerful beings in the universe. Like there are a few characters that could come up against parallax, Hal Jordan specifically, because parallax, uh, went into a couple different characters periodically for a moment, Sinestro, although Sinestro had to force that to happen. Uh, <laughs> Needy little bitch. He did. He was so pissed. He was like, no, I want to be Phil Sinestro <laughs> with Parallax. And, and, and Parallax was like, nope. Flicks him off, flies into Hal Jordan again. Nice. It's hilarious. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, he becomes one of the most devastatingly powerful beings in the entire universe. So he basically uses all the fear that mm-hmm. he's had within him mm-hmm. and then to in turn inflict it on everyone else. Yeah. I mean, he becomes this character that kills all these Green Lanterns and wants to take over the universe and wants to, you know, just inflict upon other people all the things that Hal Jordan never dealt with when he was a kid. And it's... This isn't a character like Megan talked about Fantastic Four, which is mostly about it's like watching an episode of Cheaper by the Dozen. It's all like family (laughs) drama and like, let's all hug each other. Uh, His character is not like that. So for him to address these deeper issues, it was a really cool like it felt like an earned moment. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like a forced thing. It was like 
oh, we're finding out a lot about a lot of things that you haven't dealt with. A lot of things that if you'd gone to therapy, then you would have like really figured out, like you need to deal with the death of your father. You need to deal with this uh, bravado that you put on in front of other people so that people don't know that you're like honestly scared to be yourself. You're scared to be vulnerable. You're scared to admit that you can fear things. Mm -hmm. And it was a really cool like touching moment that felt very earned in the midst of a lot of fight, fighting and a lot of chaos, which is the things I like in graphic novels. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so earlier you mentioned Carol, and I don't know much about her. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I saw like a third of the movie mm -hmm. um, because oh I just, I, <laughs> I, I just, I just couldn't. It's not a good. Um, movie. I don't. Like it. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was I, saying, oh god, because if that's what you know about Green Lantern, <laughs> um, I mean, I. We're in trouble. Which is nothing, because that movie... <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I know that they're like the love interests in that movie. Yes. And I'm guessing... Because you said that he kind of eventually breaks her heart. Like, he does. What, what is that about? Like, why does he reject her? Like, what leads to that? He is not exactly, if you can guess from his character, a great boyfriend. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's just very afraid of being vulnerable. And so mm. he was like quite the player in the comics and she was she's probably the only woman he really loved but mm -hmm. at the same time like i that really scared him and that was like something that he wasn't accustomed to he's more of a i don't know, i almost i almost used the wrong word philanderer is not the right word he floozy i guess he, like <laughs> lots of women in his life and so he went through many many women i don't feel like um Ryan Reynolds was the best character uh, actor for that part. Mm -hmm. Although I, I'm the biggest Ryan Reynolds fan. I felt like Ryan Reynolds is more funny than like cocky, which mm -hmm. is kind of what that character is. He's very like the ultimate man's man, cocky, like all the ladies want to be with him. And so they got really close and it scared the crap out of him. And he ended up uh, breaking her heart. And that was when the whole star Sapphire thing came up later on her character. Um, he finds a way to get her out of it because she loses control of herself. This isn't like something that Carol Ferris would do if she was in complete control. This was more of a, this thing just takes over and makes you do things you don't want to do. Kind of like, I don't know, the Black Lantern rings, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so there was like this moment where he was trying to save her and he eventually does save her and they do end up getting back together. But there are moments where that ring calls back to her again. She kind of loses her sanity. Mm. And it's um, she's a very interesting and uh, like like character because she's very, for all the woman scorn thing that they throw up, she's a very strong character. She's very much her father's company. Um, when he passed, she took it over. And so she kept only kept how long. She's kind of like uh, Dr. Cuddy in House in the in, in that show in the show House. Where she Never was like, I only it. keep house. <laughs> Dead goat. This is a bad analogy. <laughs> but for use people it. who do, I'm sure there are plenty who uh, see it. Cuddy only keeps house on because he's the best diagnostician, diag diagnostic doctor. <laughs> <laughs> sure. One glass of wine, and um, uh, in the world, and mm -hmm. so he solves cases that no one else can. And it's the same thing with Hal Jordan. He's one of the best pilots she's ever seen. Mm. And so even though he makes a plethora of cocky mistakes and puts their company at risk. Often he's the best and you want to keep the best on. And so she rejected him for years. She wasn't like she was to me like, Oh, how like <laughs> it took a long time for her to fall for him, which is why when they broke up, it was so devastating for her 
Although nothing would have made her do the thing she did as Star Sapphire. She's a much stronger female character than that. Um, also not a great Blake, Blake Lively pick <laughs> on that one. Although I like Blake Lively. I and, didn't and feel like she made... That movie brought them together. It did. <laughs> and also broke him and Scarlett Johansson up. And I'm still bitter about that. I well, loved them she together. got married and divorced. I think she's fine. Yeah, she made it. But I'm just so sad. They, she's as soon as they got she's together, fine. I was like, such a great couple. <laughs> and I was like, they're going to be there forever. They're going to be together for so long. And it did not happen. <laughs> God so damn sad. it, Blake Lively. I know. You ruined everything. <laughs> but he seems really happy. He her. does seem happy. And his tweets are the funniest tweets I've ever read in my life. Have yeah, you read his tweets? Good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so I guess you kind of already talked about all of it, but yeah. I want to wrap it up in a nice bow. In a bow. In a bow. Uh, okay. What is it about Hal Jordan that really speaks to you? Why is he one of your favorites? I uh, personally... I have difficulty. I'm a. I'm from the South originally, and so I have a lot of difficulty uh, dealing with issues. I have a lot of difficulty with um, being emotional and being vulnerable. And this is a character that I can deeply associate with, because when I was raised, I was told if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And so the idea was, you know, I was the person in my family who made people happy. Like that was just my shtick like i made people laugh when they were sad and uh, this character is so good at hiding his issues and these at when he becomes a superhero there's a necessity to deal with things as he goes along and so it isn't a comic book that's written to be all about emotion it's written as an action comic that will draw young boys and young men in to watch that to read them um, but at the same time, it teaches them, you know, these problems that were in your childhood, these problems that you have in life, you can talk about them. Like you, you, he needed to deal with them as a superhero. And because of that, it inspires young people to deal with them in their own lives. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be super encouraging and very hard to explain without sounding overly emotional. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just like people are like, why do you like Green Lantern? I'm like, cause because he blows up stuff. Like, you don't want to say, like, you don't want to be like, because I had a hard childhood. Like, uh, but no, he's, he's. I, I feel very similar to him in a lot of ways. And I think that's why I really like that character. Oh, I so. accept that answer. <laughs> I'm glad you do. It was a nice bow to put on this. Yeah. After all the bombs and jokes we've made. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't know much about him. Now I do, mm-hmm. but I am currently reading his very original run. Oh. Um, yeah, okay. so I'm at the very beginning with him, okay. uh, where he can't do anything because a yellow car is getting away. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those are very basic comments. But because uh, you know? I'm a weirdo and I like to go back to the beginning, uh, okay. but I am very excited to get to that point. I might even just skip to that point at some point sure, but, uh, of, of uh, The Blackest Night because it yeah. does sound fascinating. Super and fun. I did just the smallest amount of research on the other colors mm-hmm. uh, to see what they were all about. And yes, they do sound fascinating and I'm interested to get to know them. But yeah. anyway, I'll stop talking. No. Uh, where, <laughs> where where, can people find you and, and all the stuff that you're working on? Um, well, I do a weekly podcast called Wine and Comics where my friend Megan and I get uh, a little too drunk and we try to uh, recap comic book stories that uh-huh. we're reading that are suggested by our listeners. And so you can jump on and actually watch us live 
and you can drink with us and make comments and we'll talk to you in the show, which is super fun. Uh, I additionally have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you just go to toferharless.com, all of my YouTube channel and the articles and stuff that I've written are all on there. So I have lots of dumb, funny things. I do a lot of comedy stuff, a lot of stand-up, a lot of uh, sketch comedy, and I have a lot of that available on my YouTube channel. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah, and for the audience, I, I do listen to your show, uh, Wine and Comics, and <laughs> I do enjoy it. You guys do a lot of fun games and stuff on there, uh, do a lot of quizzes and stuff. <laughs> it's so silly. My favorite is Meanwhile, Another Multiverse, oh, where we do the my voices. God. Just quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to explain that segment about okay so meanwhile in another multiverse is a segment in which Topher and Megan uh read a small section of a comic book in different voices yeah, either impersonations or just different accents or whatever it is there is one episode I don't remember what you guys were reading but there is one episode where Megan did the voice of Waz from <laughs> Monsters Inc and I was dying it was so good oh my gosh and, and she does not like to do impersonations <laughs> this is not her favorite segment at all she's always like do we have to do it i'm like yes we do it's so funny <laughs> so when she had to do that that was a great moment and then there's another where you guys were reading miss marvel and you did uh, irish batman or <laughs> What was supposed to be Scottish or Australia? I forgot I what, what it was supposed was. to be, but it turned Someone into Irish Batman, Irish and it was Batman. beautiful. Um, anyway, check out his podcast if you want to hear that craziness. That was weird. That was a weird <laughs> moment, and it happened. We couldn't quit laughing to read the damn comic. Too. It was. Much I just fun. sounded like fat bastard from it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I didn't realize it until later, and then I was like, oh, my God, was I just doing a fat bastard impression? Oh, my God. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. A okay. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Thank you so much for doing my show. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, sir, for inviting me. I had a good time. Yay. Yay. That was Topher Harless. Uh, thank you, Topher, for being on my show. Uh, yeah, so check him out on all the social medias and also his podcast. Again, I love his podcast. I am finally completely 100% caught up because I'm a baller like that. No, it's because I have no life. Um, so yeah, check out his podcast, Wine and Comics. And uh, he does that with Megan Fitzmartin, who was here for the Mr. Fantastic episode. Yeah, I believe that was number four question mark um, yeah i believe it was number four but anyway check that one out she's also really great so anyway that's it that's the show um thank you for being here with me oh wait i actually have a recommendation for you guys let me sift through my notes okay so there are two recommendations that i have one of them is a movie and one of them is a game and first i'll go into the movie because it's less uh it's less nerdy <laughs> than than any than the other than the game yeah, because it's a game. Anyway, so the movie that I'm recommending is called Gifted. I saw this over the weekend. It is with Chris Evans, Captain America, uh, Jenny Slate, Octavia Spencer, and then the little girl is McKenna Grace. And this movie looks a little like it wouldn't be great, but let me tell you, it's great. I absolutely loved it. I cried. I did. Just so you guys know, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this before, but I am a crier. I cry and a lot of stuff. Um Oh, actually, I have a third recommendation. But anyway, I cry on a lot of stuff. So this movie made me cry. It was really good. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Check it out because it deserves a watch. 
Um, Power Rangers. That's my second recommendation. It's a game. It's the app on anything, I guess, Android and Apple products. Uh, Power Rangers Legacy Wars. So this is basically kind of like a um, Injustice app or a Mortal Kombat app where you just click on, I don't know, buttons. And uh, it's a fighting app. And basically you create a team of three. You have your, your leader person who is the main fighter. And then you can call your assists and you can assign two assists. And basically, it's every character of the se- the series, the whole series or whatever. Like, you've got your Mighty Morphin, you've got your movie, you've got your Turbos, you've got your Zeos, you've got your Spaces. you got them all. Um, because the Power Ranger movie just came out on Blu-ray, and I've been kind of, like, always thinking about it, always. Um, I decided to download this, mainly because they had an ad at the beginning <laughs> where it was like, download this app. And so I was like, okay, because uh, I'm impressionable. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm recommending that as well. I'm having a lot of fun playing that. Uh, and then my the, my last recommendation is a recommendation that I heard from a different podcast, which I will recommend to you in another time. No, you know what? I'm going to recommend it to you today. You get four recommendations, you guys. So the comic book is called Superman Grounded. This is making me cry. I just said it earlier. I'm a crier. This is making me cry. Okay. So this is basically about Superman kind of questioning what his purpose is on earth. If he's a hero, can he be a hero? Blah, 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 all that stuff. And there is, okay, the second issue, I think it's the second issue, but uh, DC does their trades weird and I don't understand because they don't number their trade, their, their issues when they put them in trades. It's weird. Anyway, so one of the issues it has Superman who is helping out this girl. She's like at the top of the building. She's going to commit suicide. She thinks her life is over because she just lost her job. She lost her mother. Like she lost everything and she doesn't think that there's anything worth living for anymore. And he goes up there and he's like, I don't want you to do this. And she's like, do not stop me. Like I know if I try to jump, you're going to just stop me. And that's not what I want. Blah, blah. You don't break your promises. Right. And he's like, that's right. I, I try never to break my promises. And she's like, I want you to promise me that if I jump, you will not catch me. And and he's like, okay, I promise, but I'm going to stay here and basically talk to you. And she's like, you're not going to convince me, blah, blah. He's like, you know what? I'm going to be here for you. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone. And he's like, I won't talk to you, but I'm not going to leave you alone. So I'm just going to stay here. And you see like different panels where daytime is becoming afternoon, is becoming like evening and then it's nighttime. And she finally like starts talking to him after a while. And he's just flying in the air waiting for her to open up and it is such a moving moving scene I don't know it's such a moving part of the issue that just brought me to tears because that's that's all she needed was just someone to be there and and listen and and to not put any of their ideals on her or or try to convince her why life is so great or anything like that and he eventually does you know get some words in and stuff like that but it it is so moving. And if you guys love that gushy stuff, I definitely recommend that you pick up this comic. Uh, it's it's so good. I got it on eBay for like six bucks and it's a hardback trade. So I'm sure you guys can can find it cheap somewhere. Uh, but yeah, that's my, my comic book recommendation. And then I'll talk about the guys who recommended it to me, which is another podcast that they don't know I exist, but it's fine. Um, this podcast is called fake nerd podcast um they are awesome guys uh what i love about them is that they talk about their their nerdy stuff it's all like nerd culture movies games comic books you know whatever tv everything they talk about it all 
And what is great about them is that they talk about it from a place of passion and not a place of, of being right. Uh, I think there are a lot of podcasts out there or even people just in general that, that have a passion for anything. And they, they kind of talk down to you about their passion, you know, like they always have to be right about what they love. And what's great about this is that these guys don't have any inhibitions about, about, what they love. They just love it no matter what it is. Like they talk about Disney cartoons. They talk about all that stuff, anime, like they talk about it all and whether or not you think that it's childish or, or girly or whatever you may think about it. Like they talk about it from a perspective of this is a thing that's in the world and I enjoy it. I'm going to tell you what I enjoy about it. And you know, they get critical about some stuff too, but, but it's all from a good place. And that's what I absolutely love about this show. So um, there you have it. The recommendation for a, a, a podcast, but continue listening to mine. Like, don't, don't, don't leave me. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. So that's the end of the show. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what I'm doing, like go, go on iTunes and, and rate the show. It really does help you guys. It takes like a minute or two to, to do it. Um, it does help to get it out there a bit more. Um, iTunes will feature it in in different places. It you know climbs the charts or whatever. It gets more people listening. It gets more people involved. It gets more people wanting to talk about this stuff. And I try to spread positivity about the stuff that I'm talking about because it's something that I love. And and hopefully, if you guys are listening, it's something that you love. And if you don't, then hopefully you're growing to love it. Um, but think of it as like a safe space, even though I don't really like that term safe space. It's, it's kind of sad that we need that, but you know, think about it as a place that you can go and just enjoy something. You know, you don't have to worry about people coming down on you about it. Just, just going there and enjoying it. Anyway, that's what I'm trying to do with this whole thing. Um, and that's why I always invite you guys to talk about this stuff with me because I like open dialogue. It's great. Um, yeah. So anyway, social media is Twitter. We are interview a nerd. Um, go to the website, interview a comic nerd.com. No, wait, interview a comic book nerd.com. Remember I post all the episodes there and you can comment on any of the episodes there. There is a discussion board situation for each episode. Also, uh, we have links to all the guests that have been on. So any guests that you liked in a particular episode, you can click on them. And then there's links to all the stuff that they're doing, any of their social media or anything that they're working on that they want you to know about. It's all there. So yeah, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh, yeah, have a great week, rest of the day, week and month and all that stuff. July is almost over, you guys. That's crazy. We are almost done with July. <laughs> yeah, so go out there, be wonderful people, be kind to one another, and that's it. Bye.